all you have. You are now tuned in to Parker Swayze. So just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's going down, Star Wars family? How is everyone doing today? I hope all is well for you on this amazing Star Wars day. Today's show is going to be pretty awesome. This is a very action-packed chapter of this book, so I'm super excited. Plus, we have another amazing quote to start out our week, and we are one week closer to the new season of The Mandalorian. I don't think everyone knows how genuinely excited I am about The Mandalorian. If you remember in the last episode of The Mandalorian, the Darksaber was revealed. The Darksaber was the only lightsaber ever made from the only Mandalorian to ever be accepted as a Jedi. There are so many ways that they can take the story, and I can't wait to see which way the writers go with this. We know that the Force always makes sure that it is in balance. So we have Baby Yoda, which I don't know why we call him Baby Yoda. There's no evidence to prove that he is Yoda's kid or even related to Yoda, but that's a whole nother rant for a whole nother time. But we know that he can use the Force. So there has to be someone that can use the dark side. Now that just might be Moth Gideon, but that has not been revealed to us. We just know that he has the dark saber, so anything can happen at this point. We will have to wait to see. And I have the patience of a puppy. All this waiting is driving me crazy. Then coronavirus puts a damper on everything. And I'm not even gonna get started on that subject. I could do a whole two hour show of me just ranting about the coronavirus. But let's change direction real quick. Let's talk about something a little bit more positive, like the quote for this episode. And it comes to us from Steve Jobs. And he said, don't let the noise of other's opinion drown out your own inner voice now this one caught me by surprise because when you think about it we often do things based on others opinions i have been in the middle of creating something and said to myself no that's not a good idea i heard so and so say that they didn't like that but then i have to remind myself i create to express my own inner voice i do things i like for me if others like it great and if they don't say la vie any true creator will tell you you can't make everyone happy so do what you like and the rest is history remember opinions are like you know what and everyone has one but enough with all that we have a chapter to cover and this is an action-packed chapter so let's get to it mitra didn't like the idea of pretending to be scourge's newly purchased slave but the sith had assured her it was the best way for her to infiltrate nyrus's stronghold without drawing unwanted attention to complete the ruse she had changed her functional pants and top for a revealing purple outfit more suited to a dancer in one of the low-rent clubs she'd frequented during her days as a mercenary. The tight-fitting clothes left her arms and midriff bare, but an excess of exposed skin wasn't the worst part of the disguise. Scourge had also insisted she wear the slave's shock collar around her neck. It was non-functional, of course. She'd had T3 carefully inspected to make sure. But she still rankled at the idea of adorning herself with a symbol so closely linked to the galaxy's most vile practice. However, as distasteful as it was, she knew Scourge was right. Every slave on Drummond Koss was forced to wear the collar. Without it, no one would believe their story. T3 was accompanying them as well, similarly equipped with a non-functioning restraining bolt. Welcome back, Lord Scourge. A guard stationed just inside the main entrance said as the trio passed by. Darth Nyrus was just asking about you. In what regard? The Sith asked as Mitra struggled to hide her interest. Sedgel and Murtagh both left two days ago. She wondered if you knew where they had gone. They didn't include me in their plans, Scourge said with a shrug. I've been scouring the slave markets for the past few days, 
Looking for a worthy purchase. Of course, my lord. The guard said with a slight bow. He snuck a quick peek at Mitra, a knowing glint in his eye and a faint smile on his lips, before turning his attention back to Lord Scourge. I will inform Darth Nyrus that you have not seen the others, he said. Good. Once I am settled, I will go speak with her myself to see if she wants me to inquire after them. He turned on his heel, dismissing the underling as he continued down the hall with long, quick strides. Mitra and T3 scrambled to keep pace, staying a respectful two steps behind their supposed owner. Once they were out of sight and earshot of the guards, Scourge stopped and turned to address them. This could complicate things, he said. Nyrus wouldn't have asked after the others if she wasn't growing concerned. I'd hoped to avoid her until the Emperor made his move, but if I put off seeing her now, it will look suspicious. Scourge had spoken to the Emperor just that morning. Mitra imagined it would at least take another day or two before he assembled his forces to strike at Nyrus. I'm not letting you out of my sight, she warned him. If you meet with her, T3 and I had better go with you. Ridiculous, Scourge spat. I would never be so insulting as to bring one of my personal slaves into a meeting with someone of Nyrus's rank. Then you'd better think of something fast, Mitra said. Because if this all goes sour, I'm going to whip out my lightsaber and start chopping off heads. I could bring you if I was presenting you to Nyrus as a gift, Scourge said. But then there would be no reason for me to keep you close by. Forget it, Mitra snarled. T3 echoed her sentiment with a shrill squawk. Then what do you suggest? Scourge demanded. Take me to Revan now, Mitra said. I'll take my chances on fighting our way out. I didn't bring you here so you could throw your life away, and I have no intention of becoming a martyr. Mitra was about to fire back another angry retort when the stronghold was rocked to its foundations by a very loud explosion coming from somewhere off to the east. The Imperial Guard? Scourge gasped. They're here. Alarms began to ring through the corridor, mingling with the sounds of shouts and running feet as Nyrus's people responded to the sudden attack. Mitra reached up and yanked the slave collar from her neck, hurling it across the floor. T3 mimicked her by popping off his restraining bolt. The dungeon is this way, Scourge said, quickly putting their now pointless argument behind them. Follow me. The explosions continued as he led them through the twisting passages. They were coming from all sides. Obviously, the Imperial Guard had the entire stronghold surrounded. Based on the frequency and size of the distant explosions, Mitra guessed they were using an artillery assault to try to breach the walls at multiple locations. Males and females ran past them in both directions, some rushing to join the fray and others scrambling to safety. The unexpected attack had caught Nyrus's people completely off guard. They were in disarray, their efforts to defend the stronghold uncoordinated and disorganized. I would have expected someone on the Dark Council to put up better resistance, Mitra said as they turned a corner and raced down another hall. The security chief and three of his top lieutenants aren't here to rally them, thanks to you, he reminded her. They rounded another corner and confronted the first real sign of any kind of counterattack. Eight soldiers, led by a lightsaber-wielding Sith acolyte, had taken up positions in the corridor roughly ten meters away from a large, smoking hole in the wall. 
As the smoke cleared, dozens of red-uniformed soldiers poured through the breach, armed with blaster pistols and electrostaffs. Nyrus's people opened fire, mowing down the first wave. Those in the ranks behind never even slowed. Driven forward by their furious devotion to the Emperor, they charged the enemy line with a reckless disregard for their own safety. Had the defenders held their ground and continued to fire, they might have survived several more waves. But their morale was shaken by the berserker mentality of their attackers. So instead, they broke ranks and tried to flee. None of them succeeded. Three were taken down by blaster fire, shot in the back as they turned to run. The other five, including the acolyte with the lightsaber, were swallowed up by a sea of red-uniformed guards and smashed down with electrostaffs. The entire incident took less than ten seconds. Plenty of time for Scourge to lead Mitra and T3 in another direction. But instead of trying to avoid the melee, the Sith had simply held his ground and watched. As the last defender fell, the invaders broke into two teams and set off in opposite directions down the hall. The chance to hide until they passed was lost, and the red-robed butchers approached. Mitra started to reach for the lightsaber hidden inside her black knee-high leather boot. Scourge grabbed her wrist and shook his head. He stepped back against the wall, dragging her with him. Recognizing Scourge as a friendly target, the Imperial Guards ran past without even a second glance. The dungeons are close, Scourge told her once they were alone again. They were fortunate enough not to encounter any more battles for the rest of the journey, though they came across the aftermath of several violent skirmishes. Some of the bodies wore the red uniforms of the invaders, but for every one of them were at least five of Nyrus's people. Security guards, acolytes, and even civilian staff lay strewn about the halls and corridors. The Emperor's guard had spared no one. Mitra understood there had been no other way to free Revan, but she still felt revulsion at the wholesale slaughter. When she noticed the body of a young Twilic slave lying on the floor with her throat cut, she forced herself to look away. Nyrus's personal attendant, Scourge noted. But I don't see Nyrus among the dead. T3 beeped, and Mitra shook her head. I don't think she escaped, she said, remembering the ruthless efficiency and organization of the attacking troops. Her fate is irrelevant, Scourge declared. Right. Take us to Revan. They rounded a final corner, bringing them face to face with a massive Durasteel door. Scourge stepped up and punched in a security code, but the door didn't open. He tried again, and the pad responded with a sharp buzz. The whole place is an emergency lockdown, he said. My security codes won't work. Don't worry, Mitra said confidently. T3 can slice through any security system. He'd better hurry, Scourge said. I don't sense guards on the other side of the door. You think they fled? He shook his head. I think when the alarms went off, Nyrus told them to execute the prisoner. Okay, Scourge got Mitra dressed up like some hussy and is making her wear a slave collar. It doesn't work, but it still goes against everything that Mitra believes in. Scourge tells her this is the only way that they can get into Nyrus' stronghold. Even poor T3 has a restraining bolt on. As they get to the stronghold, one of the guards asks Scourge if he has seen Cetro and Murtaugh. Scourge asks why. He says that Nyrus is wondering if he might know where they were at. 
Scourge tells the guard that they did not include him in their plans. The guard tells Scourge that Nyrus wants to see him. Scourge is like, well, I better see what she wants. Mitra is like, T3 and me are going as well. Scourge is like, you know how disrespectful that would be for me to bring my personal servant with me to meet with Nyrus? Mitra is like, well, you better figure it out because we are staying together. Scourge is like, well, I guess I could offer you as a gift to Nyrus. Then he says, but there would be no way for you to come with me once I leave. So that ain't gonna work. Demetra is like, screw it, just take us to Revan and we'll fight our way out. Scourge is like, that would be suicide and I have no intention of dying today. But then there was a large explosion. Scourge is like, the Emperor is attacking Nyrus already. Everything and everyone starts to go crazy. Alarms is going off, Nyrus people are running around. So Mitra and T3 pop off their slave collar and restraining bolt. Scourge is like, is there no point in arguing now? Let's just go get Revan. As they travel to Revan's cell, Mitra is clowning, saying that Nyrus's people suck. Scourge reminds her that she killed Nyrus's head of security and his top lieutenants. As they walk down a hallway where some of Nyrus's people were trying to hold back the Imperial Guard and not doing a particularly good job at it because they were taken out extremely easy. But then the Imperial Guard started in the direction of Mitra and Scourge. Mitra starts to reach for her lightsaber, but Scourge grabs her hand and leads her up against the wall. The Imperial Guard walk right past them, so they continue towards the dungeon of where Revan is being held. There are dead people everywhere, but Scourge did not see Nyrus, but then they come up to the door leading to the cells. Scourge punches in his cold, but nothing happens, so T3 goes to work to bypass the cold, getting them in. Scourge tell Mitra that he can't sense the guards that are supposed to be posted on the other side of the door. Mitra is like they probably ran off. Then Scourge said, or Nyrus ordered them to execute the prisoner, and that's where we're at. So let's see what else happened. At first, Revan thought the distant explosions were an unusual side effect of some new drug combination his captors were trying on him. But when the alarms started blaring, his addled mind realized the facility was under attack. Mitra, he mumbled. He struggled to his feet, battling the mind-numbing effects of the chemicals coursing through his veins. Had his mind been able to focus, he could have purged them from his system. But of course, the entire point of the drugs was to keep him from drawing on the force. A few seconds later, he heard someone outside the door of his cell. When the door opened, he expected to see Scourge, but instead he found himself faced with an unfamiliar guard. The young man was a dark-skinned human. He was holding a blaster out at arm's length, pointing it at Revan. His hand was visibly trembling. From outside, another voice shouted, Hurry! Do it! Even in Revan's clouded state, the situation was obvious. In the wake of the attack, someone had ordered them to kill the prisoner. Squeeze the trigger and it will be the last action you ever take, Revan warned. Come on, the other voice said. Just do it! What's the problem? Shut up, the young man shouted to his hidden companion. You were too scared to even open the cell. Their fear was completely understandable. Since his incarceration, Revan had been held under strict quarantine. Nobody had been given access to his cell without Scourge being present, and even then the Sith had mostly come to see him alone. No doubt it had been drilled into the guards' heads over and over how powerful and dangerous the prisoner was. They'd been warned against having any dealings with him whatsoever. His mysterious reputation built up over years of speculation and rumors among his jailers. Set the weapon down if you want to live. Revan told the young man. Through the veil of drugs, he strained to reach out with the Force, amplifying the other's fear and confusion. No! His friend shouted above the piercing alarms, still staying hidden around the corner. He'll kill us! I promise to spare you, Revan said. 
I give you my word as a Jedi. See? See? The man with the gun squealed. I told you he was a Jedi. Nyrus has sent you on a suicide mission, Revan told them. How do you know who we work for? The man barked, the pitch of his voice rising. The Force shows me many things. Another explosion from above, this one much closer, caused the guard to nearly drop his weapon. He fumbled it briefly before seizing it with both hands and quickly bringing it up again to point at Revan. Revan briefly contemplated making a grab for the blaster, but the drug slowed him physically as much as mentally. Instead, he remained still and calm. This is bad, the young man said, squeezing the blaster's handle so hard that his knuckles were becoming discolored. This is bad. Just walk away from all this, Revan told them. It's your only real chance of survival. We can't walk away, the guard moaned. The doors upstairs won't open. We're locked in. Just shoot him, his friend shouted. He can't hurt you. If he was going to stop you, he would have done it by now. There were several seconds of silence, punctuated by the alarms and another series of explosions in rapid succession. Nyrus will kill us if she finds us down here with you still alive, the man with the blaster said, his voice almost apologetic. Nyrus is already dead, Revan said, trying a different tactic as he tried to apply even more pressure through the force. Do you hear the explosions? The alarms? My friends are coming to liberate me. You say you're trapped in here. What do you think my friends will do if they find you standing over my corpse? He's got a point, the unseen speaker said reluctantly. Listen to all those bombs going off. This isn't just some quick hit and run attack. Surrender to me and I will guarantee your safety, Revan said. I give you my word as a Jedi. The young man's head turned quickly back and forth, from Revan to his friend outside the cell, and then back to Revan again. Then he dropped the blaster as if it were on fire. Revan calmly stepped out of the cell and got his first look at the other guard. Another human male, perhaps a few years older than the first. Both guards were frozen with fear, watching his every move intently. Each time the alarm whooped overhead, they flinched. I will not harm you, Revan assured them. Both men seemed to relax a little, and Revan tried to project calm, soothing waves through the force to further ease their minds. Sit down over there against the wall until my friends arrive, he suggested. You don't want them to mistake you for a threat. Seeing the wisdom of his words, both men scrambled to follow his instructions. Several minutes later, they heard a loud crash from above, followed by the sounds of footsteps racing down the steep stairs. And then Mitra descended into view, dressed in some type of dancer's outfit. Seeing Revan, her face broke into a wide grin. I knew I'd find you, she said, rushing over to embrace him fiercely. It's been a long time, Revan whispered, wrapping his arms around her. After a moment, she broke the embrace, and Revan noticed her nose had crinkled up against the powerful odor wafting off him. A real long time he said with an apologetic shrug, eliciting a soft laugh from Mitra. A touching reunion, a familiar voice said. Lord Scourge! One of the guards shrieked in terror. Revan spun Mitra to the side and stepped in front of her, an instinctive but foolish move. Mitra was a Jedi. She knew how to handle herself, and unarmed he was no match for the Sith. It's okay, 
Mitra said, placing a hand on Revan's shoulder. Scourge is here to help us. It took Revan's foggy mind a moment to process what she was saying. Once he figured it out, he couldn't help but laugh out loud. <laughs> so I finally get to learn your name, he said. Scourge. No wonder you didn't want to tell me. Make jokes once we're safely away from here, Scourge said. He's right, Mitra told him. T3's keeping watch at the top of the stairs. Come on. Go ahead, the Sith Lord told them, drawing his lightsaber and approaching the guards cowering on the floor. I'll take care of the witnesses. No, Revan said. I promise to protect them. Scourge gave him a look of utter disbelief. It's going to be hard enough to get out of here without escorting these pathetic excuses for soldiers. I gave them my word, Revan said. A rush of dizziness swept over him, and he reeled. What's wrong? Mitra asked, reaching out to catch him before he fell. They keep me drugged, Revan said. I just need a minute. With Mitra's help, he lowered himself to the floor. His heart was pounding, and his head was spinning. During the confrontation with the guard, he must have instinctively used the force to keep the worst of the drug's effects at bay. But he wasn't strong enough to keep it up any longer. And now his body was responding with an acute overreaction. Scourge stepped over to a med kit on the wall and yanked it open. He grabbed a hypodermic filled with a green luminescent fluid. This will help, he said, injecting it into Revan's arm. But it will take a few minutes. I have something else, Mitra told him. Bastila asked me to give it to you. She nodded at Scourge, who pulled a package from a large pouch on his hip. He tossed it to Revan, who didn't even try to catch it, but just picked it up off the floor. The object was wrapped in cloth. It was clearly metal, and there was something oddly familiar about it. You spoke with Bastila? He asked. You saw her? Mitra nodded. And your son. They're both well. Revan smiled. His mind felt like it was floating blissfully away. But he wasn't sure if the euphoria was triggered by thoughts of his family or the drugs still working their way out of his system. He unwrapped the cloth to reveal the masked helmet he had worn during his campaigns against the Mandalorians and the Republic. In an instant, all his lost memories came flooding back to him. A million images, years upon years of forgotten people, places, and events, flooded his consciousness simultaneously. In his weakened state, it was too much to take. As his brain went into sensory overload, his body went limp. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. What's happening? Scourge demanded as Revan collapsed on the floor. I, I don't know, Mitra said, her hands fumbling to check Revan's pulse as he lay motionless on the ground. His eyes were closed, but the lids were fluttering madly. Otherwise, he was completely still. From the stairs, T3 let out a piercing wail, several octaves higher than the incessant alarms. Someone's coming, Mitra said. 
Scourge turned to the guards still sitting on the floor. Ready your blasters, you fools! He shouted. As they scrambled to their feet, T3 let out what could only be described as a shriek of terror. An instant later, the little astromech came tumbling down the stairs and bounced across the floor as if he'd been shot from a cannon. He landed in the corner on his back, his wheels still spinning. Get Revan out of the way, Scourge said to Mitra. As she dragged the Jedi's unconscious body into the nearby cell, one of the guards drew his weapon, while the other rushed over and picked his discarded blaster up from where Revan had kicked it aside. Scourge nodded at the guards. In response to his silent command, they crept to the foot of the stairs and peered up toward the door above. A burst of purple lightning arced down the steps, catching both men in the chest. They barely had time to scream before they were turned into charred and smoking husks. Scourge took a step back, knowing exactly who had been responsible for unleashing the fury of the dark side against the hapless guards. Nyrus made her way slowly down the stairs, the outspread fingers of her left hand still crackling with electricity. In her right hand, she held her lightsaber, the blade humming softly. By the time she reached the bottom, Mitra had emerged from the nearby cell. She ignited her lightsaber and came to stand beside Scourge. What's this? Nyrus asked, her voice mocking. Another Jedi? When neither of them answered, she turned her head to the side and laughed bitterly. <laughs> the Imperial Guard will make sure I never leave my stronghold alive, she told them. But neither will any of you. She raised her free hand above her head and fired off another burst of lightning. Both Scourge and Mitra threw themselves clear of the deadly electrical bolt, but in doing so, they gave Nyrus the early advantage. Before they could recover, she leapt at them. Despite her withered appearance, she moved with all the speed and ferocity of a dark side warrior in her prime. She landed right between her two adversaries, her blade flashing back and forth in a series of slashes and cuts that immediately threw her two opponents on the defensive. Scourge barely managed to parry the first wave of her assault, unable to even think about countering with an attack of his own. Another quick thrust forced him off balance, and he staggered backward. Nyrus seized on the opportunity to focus all her efforts on breaking through Mitra's defenses. The Jedi was clearly overmatched. Though she managed to hold her ground, she was forced down to one knee. In the awkward position, her right flank was exposed, and Iris brought her blade in to deliver a crippling cut. At the same time, Scourge lashed out with the force, catching Iris flush in the center of her chest. An ordinary bow would have been thrown clear across the room, but Iris instinctively threw up a force barrier to protect herself, absorbing and redirecting the brunt of the impact. Even so, Scourge's attack knocked her off balance just enough to send her lightsaber wide off the mark, giving Mitra the opportunity she needed to scramble away to safety. Scourge rushed forward, hoping to drive Nyrus back into a corner. But she met his charge with an invisible wave of rippling energy. It picked Scourge up and tossed him head over heels, sending him crashing to the wall. Dazed, he looked up just in time to see another bolt of violet lightning catch Mitra in the chest. Like Nyrus, she threw up a barrier to save herself from the worst of it, but she was still knocked from her feet. Did you think I would be as easy to defeat as Cedrix? Nyrus shouted, raising her lightsaber triumphantly above her head. The air around her began to crackle and grow hot as she gathered herself for the killing blow. 
Scourge felt the energy building inside her, and he knew he would be powerless to stop it. Nyrus was too powerful. Her command of the dark side was too strong. Gaze upon me and see your doom, she declared. I am Darth Nyrus, Lord of the Sith. I am the conqueror of Dresden, the destroyer of Meldia, and a member of the Dark Council. Scourge braced himself for the end. Just then, Revan emerged from the cell. He had pulled the hood of his Jedi robe up to cover his head, and he wore the red and gray mask hiding his face. A dozen bolts of lightning sprang from Nyrus's hand, arcing across the room to incinerate her enemies. Instead of leaping back into the cell to avoid the deadly attack, Revan stepped forward to intercept it. Both hands were held in front of him, his arms fully extended at shoulder height, his thumbs touching and his fingers splayed wide. He drew the bolts of lightning into his waiting grasp, channeling them away from their intended targets and absorbing their power. I am Revan Reborn, he said to Nyrus. And before me, you are nothing. Nyrus's eyes went wide as Revan unleashed the power of her own attack against her. She tried to throw up another force shield, but the bolts ripped it apart and continued on unabated. The lightning engulfed her, the intense heat consuming her instantly, leaving only a pile of charred ash. Scourge slowly clambered to his feet as Revan helped Mitra up. In the corner, the upended astromech let out a plaintive whistle and awkwardly managed to rock himself back into an upright position. Revan walked over and knelt beside the closer of the two dead soldiers. He placed a hand on the man's chest, but didn't speak. We have to go, Mitra said softly, coming over and gently touching Revan on the shoulder to interrupt his thoughts. We don't want the Imperial Guard to know you were here. He stood up and slowly turned to Scourge. There was something unnerving about staring into the faceless mask. It made Revan seem more intimidating, more powerful. Or maybe Scourge just felt that way because he'd watched him destroy Nyrus. Whatever the reason, he was more confident than ever that he'd made the right choice. If anyone had the strength to stop the Emperor, it was this man. This is yours, the Sith said, taking the hilt of Revan's lightsaber from his belt. Revan accepted the gift with a brief nod, then simply said, Get us out of here. <laughs> Okay, this part of the chapter starts off with Revan hearing the explosion. He tries to stand up thinking to himself that Mitra is coming to rescue, but the drugs are still in his body making it difficult to do anything. After a few seconds, the door of his cell opens and some guard that he has never seen before is standing there. He hears another voice telling the guard that's in front of him to shoot him. Revan starts to try to use the force to persuade the young man that this was a bad idea. After a few moments of back and forth, Revan tells the guard that he would make sure that they didn't get killed by the other Jedi they were coming to rescue him. The guard buys it and lowers his weapon. Revan slowly comes out of the cell and tells the two men to set against the wall. He tells them that when his friends come through that door, they won't mistake them for a threat if they're sitting up against the wall. This is when Mitra comes running down the stairs. She is wearing a dancer's outfit. I know Revan is like, I must be dreaming or something. Then she runs up and hugs him. 
He is high and hasn't seen a woman in three years. You can't tell me he didn't have some impure thoughts. Then she smells the three years of stench on him and backs up quickly. The two guards that are sitting on the wall see Scourge and yell out Lord Scourge. This is when Revan sees Scourge and moves Mitra behind him as he goes into protective mode. But really, what is he going to do? Stink him to death? He can't use the force and he can barely walk. But Mitra is like, no, Revan, Scourge is here to help. Revan is like, really? Your name is Scourge? No wonder you didn't want to tell me. Making a little joke about it. Scourge is like, leave all the jokes for later. We need to get the heck out of here. But first, let me take care of these wannabe soldiers. But Revan is like, no, I promised them that they would be spared. Scourge is like, it's going to be hard enough to get out of here as it is. Now we got to protect these punks. At this point, the drugs are taking a toll on Revan as he's having a hard time standing. Scourge goes and gets the anti-serum and gives it to him. Then Mitra tells Scourge to give him the thing that he was holding for her. But Scourge throws the mask over towards Revan and he doesn't even try to catch it. He hits the floor. He reaches down, picks it up, unwraps it and looks at it. And he collapses onto the floor at this point. T3 is at the top of the stair and warns them that someone is coming. Scourge tells the two guards to get ready. Then T3 comes flying down the stairs and bounces across the room. Scourge tells Mitra to get Revan into the cell. The two guards go to see who it is and they didn't have a chance. They get lit up by lightning, turning them into ash. Well, I guess Revan didn't keep his word and protect them. Scourge takes a step back knowing who it is. Naira slowly makes her way down the stairs. By this time, Mitra comes out of the cell and turns on her lightsaber. Naira's laugh and says, what, another Jedi? Then she shoots some lightning in the direction of Scourge and Mitra. They both jump out of the way. This gives Nyrus the time to pounce. For a decrepit looking hag, Nyrus is no joke. As she pushes Scourge back with her saber, like he is a punk or something, and then she turns and drops Mitra down to one knee. Before she could give Mitra the killing blow, Scourge comes to the rescue with a force punch that keeps Nyrus from the killing blow. Oh, look at Scourge being a good guy. But as soon as he tries to go on the attack, Nyrus gives him a force push of her own, sending him flying into the wall. Days he looks up to see Nyrus hit Mitra right in the chest with some force lightning dropping her as well. Nyrus is a bad chick. I would hate to have to fight her. This is where she messes up. She goes into the evil genius monologue and then she shoots a dozen bolts of lightning from her fingers to strike down Mitra and Scourge. But right then Revan comes out of the cell. He holds his hands up with his thumbs touching and draws all the bolts into itself. Then he tells Nyrus that he is Revan reborn and before him she is nothing. This is when he shoots her own lightning back at her. She puts up a force barrier to protect herself. The lightning went right through it and fries her. At this point, Scourge has a revelation that if anyone can stop the Emperor, it would be Revan. Then Revan tells Scourge to get them out of here. And that's the end of this chapter. You have to tune into chapter 25 to find out what happens next. Hope to see you then. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.